You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to Bassmaster Radio, presented by Phoenix Boats, the show for fishermen by fishermen. Today's show is brought to you by Enigma Fishing, past, catch, repeat. Visit Anderson, South Carolina, home of beautiful Lake Hartwell. Phoenix Boats, experience the difference. And by the Bass Anglers Sportsman Society. Now here's lifetime BASS member Tom Abraham. Welcome to this week's episode of Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. I am Tom Abraham, your guide for the next hour as we feature the Bassmaster Elite Series and those looking to get into that exclusive group through the St. Croix Bassmaster Open Series and the up-and-comers on the Strike King Bassmaster College Series and the tens of thousands of Bass Nation anglers around the country competing on the local level all with a chance to advance to the big leagues of professional fishing. Now, the Bass Nation operates youth, high school, and college programs, including a junior Bassmaster Championship, high school national championship, college national championship, and the college bracket event, leading to a Bassmaster Classic birth. The Bass Nation is at the grassroots of who we are. And for more information about how to become a member or to start a Bass Nation club, visit Bassmaster.com and click on the Nation tab. Now, the best way to communicate with the show is to visit our Facebook fan page, at facebook.com forward slash bass or on twitter at bassmaster and use the hashtag bass radio you can also listen to all the shows at bassmaster.com forward slash radio or just hit the nation tab at bassmaster.com and click on bassmaster radio we also encourage you to visit our youtube page at bassmaster radio for video versions of interviews with select guests that's youtube forward slash bassmaster radio Young J.T. Tompkins, just 20 years old, decided to skip the college fishing route and instead has invested that money into becoming a professional angler. And you might say that move is paying off after the South Carolina Pro won over $42,000 at the St. Croix Bassmaster Open at the Upper Chesapeake Bay, punching his ticket to the 2023 Academy Sports and Outdoors Bassmaster Classic and finishing so close to an Elite Series berth. But he still has chances since he is fishing the final three Opens and is 17th right now in the overall standings. He's coming up in our Rapala Winter Circle. Jeff Kolazinski is the brand manager for Hummingbird Minkota, but that's just his day job. He's also known as the Marathon Man. And each 9-11 weekend, like Otis Redding, he's sitting on the dock of the bay catching fish after fish for 24 hours. This year, a new Guinness World Record, 3,773 of them. He'll recap that and tell us about Hummingbird's latest innovation, the aptly named Target Lock. And Brandon Lester had his best season to date, an opens win, an elite win, and a second-place finish in the AOI. The Phoenix Pro will join us later to talk about his year and give us some fall fishing advice. So sit back and grab... Welcome back to Bassmaster Radio, presented by Phoenix Boats. Now, here's your host, Tom Abraham. 
Now, welcome back to Phoenix Boats Bass, Master Radio, and time now for the Rapala Winter Circle. We're going to get it started with the Rapala Winter Circle and uh, JT Tompkins. I mean, he got it done uh, and got it done in a big way at the Upper Chesapeake at the St. Croix Bassmaster Northern Open at the Upper Chesapeake Bay, presented by Mossy Oak Fishing, and he did it with a big final day, which is the best way to do it. He came into the final day in ninth place, 17 pounds, 4 ounces on day 3, giving him uh, 39 pounds and 12 ounces, and gave him the victory, $42,000 or so, and put him in the Bassmaster Classic, which is pretty cool as well, and he joins us now. JT, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I am fantastic. Cloud nine, I would imagine. I mean, look, you're, you're 20 years old. You say it's a lifelong dream, but your life is really not that long. And for you to be able to make the classic in 2023, um, this, this career is moving pretty quickly. Yeah, I've, I've been very fortunate the last few years to do some stuff and um, be able to get out here and do everything I do. And just to get this opportunity to go to the classic and win that last tournament has just been phenomenal. So, Super excited for what that holds. It's always been a dream, like you said, for me to go to that classic and to have that opportunity presented to me is just super, super exciting. So I'm literally looking forward to next year. And you come out of South Carolina. It's an area where obviously there's a lot of great fishermen out of the Carolinas. Uh, kind of a coastal guy, though. Did you fish any college fishing at all, though? Because we see so many guys coming out of the college circuit now. But you're so young, you could still be in college. Yeah, um, I actually decided to skip the college route. Um, I, I was lucky enough to have parents that support me in everything I do, and um, they gave me the choice either go to college or get out here in the fishing world and, and you know fish every single day of the week as much as I can. So I, college wasn't really my deal. I was invited to go to a few, and um, so I decided to go, go to the just fish as much as you can and try to do it that way. So um, then they go to college. I did a little bit of high school fishing, so... Yeah, I just hopped out there in the Bass Open and started fishing as much as I can. So basically all in with this, right? It's like, you know what, this is going to be the deal. I'm going to work in the fishing industry or be a, a professional fisherman. And, uh, and man, were you close. Uh, the Northerns have wrapped up now, and, and you ended up finishing fifth. Uh, very, very close to making that top three and getting that elite's uh, invitation, which would have been absolutely huge. Of course, the system will change next year, uh, but that's not necessarily a negative thing for a guy like you that plans on fishing all nine. But uh, you, you must go back and think about man if that one fish there or that one fish there and i'd be i'd be getting that elite invite oh yeah but everybody has that one fish and you know you just got to look at it as you know i was able to get close this year and um if you put yourself in the position to get close over and over you're eventually going to make it so i don't like to ever go back on those one fish opportunities because i believe everybody has this because all these open guys are just so good and i'm for me to have just that opportunity to be up there with those guys just is just plenty for me so I'm pretty happy where I finished this year. Of course, I would have liked to put an extra four pounder in the boat because I think it comes two ounces over the whole trail is what I missed the elite by this year and last year. But you know that's that's just the name of the game. The ounces are everything. So we're gonna look we're gonna look forward to next year and, and try not to look back and just hopefully get the classic, maybe get on a run and see if we can make the elite. You were uh, you were eleven and a half pounds off the lead coming into the final day. Uh, of course, Trey Swindle had his issue um, where he ended up with the DQ, and he was in there, you know, right behind Chris Boudry. But having said that, I mean, you, you came out like a tank. I mean, you had this huge final day, over seventeen pounds. The last day, Chris struggled, and you were able to get by him by fifteen ounces. But did you did you feel like going out down eleven pounds in a tournament that was going to take less than forty to win? Did you feel like you still had 
had a chance uh, to win the tournament. Honestly, if you talk to anybody on the water, like if you watch the live, I was telling everybody that was around me, you know, don't worry about me. I don't got a shot to win. I was just kind of fishing, you know. I think that might even help me, you know, be calm out there. But, no, I had no idea that I even had a close shot to win this tournament. And, um, you know, when you're 11 pounds down and the guy has two big bags in a row, you know, you just don't think you got a shot, especially with these open guys because they're so good. So I was just blessed to be there. I was just blessed to be there and um, super happy. Yeah, well, you should be super happy because the $42,000 go a long way, that's for sure. And, of course, you make it into the the Bassmaster Classic. There's a guaranteed check with that, plus a ton of exposure for you. And I'll help you out with your sponsors as well. How much of that part of it, yeah, you get you make the big check, you, you got the trophy, but how much of that is sunk in is that, you know, that you'll be at that 2023 Academy Sports and Outdoors Bassmaster Classic and everything that goes along with that? Man, um, I ever I was actually talking to a bunch of people who's actually made the classic, and they keep talking about how whatever you think it's going to be, it's going to be ten times better. So, man, it really hasn't sunk in. I don't think it's going to sink in until I get up on that stage at the classic because you know that is the pinnacle of bass fishing. There's nothing even close to that. No matter how hard anybody tries to make a Bassmaster Classic, there's only going to be one. So, I don't think it's going to set in. You know, there's. And there's no way I could possibly psych myself up for this. And it's just going to be an experience that I'm going to have to get up there and um, experience. So I'm super excited for that. And I hope it's everything what everybody says. And I know it will be. So I'm just super excited to have that opportunity to be there. 20-year-old J.T. Tompkins with us coming off of his victory in the Bassmaster Open at the Upper Chesapeake. You did a lot of damage with a Strike King Rage Menace in your hand. And, uh, boy, those Strike King soft plastics, I mean, it just, I don't know what it is about it. You had the outcast tackle jig uh, as well with the green pumpkin Strike King Rage Menace on it. But the Rage Bug, the Rage Tail, the Cutter Worm, I mean, that stuff out of Strike King is just amazing. Oh, for sure, like, you know, there's a reason why everybody tries to copy your Strike King with those with the special tails they got on their baits. It's because it works. You know, their baits work better than everybody else's, and I, I'm so proud to be a part of that company, and I'm so proud that they, they support me as well, and I can only do but so much to support them. But, no, their baits are truly just a phenomenal plastic, and it's just hard to replicate any of that. And being with Strike King, I'm lucky enough to have them around me, and those are 100% the best baits. And then, like you were saying, that Outcast Tackle Jig, man, that Juice Jig that I was throwing out there, I mean, you got Seth Fighter. You got a lot of guys working around them. They're so meticulous with their baits. I know they're not going to put a product out there that's not going to work. And when I tell you these jigs that they put out there are the best, they have the best hooks. They have the best heads. Everything is built to catch bass, and and they catch bass better than any other jig on the market. And the hookup ratio on those jigs, I didn't miss a. I think I missed one fish, and that was a that was on my end with that jig. And um. When they bite it and you swing, you got to fish in the boat with those outcast jackal jigs because they put so much work into them. Another thing for me was those loose rods and the loose reels. They're just phenomenal, especially at the price point. I was actually throwing a $100 rod, and everybody you know, is throwing $300, $400 rods, and I'm out there with a $100 rod, and I think it's just as good, if not better. So loose being at that price point, it's just hard to compete with it. And that custom light reel I'll throw on, just everything – my whole setup was just phenomenal with my sponsors and everything. So super proud to be with those guys. And, and you're a man after my own heart running a Phoenix uh, as well. Our title sponsor, I run a Phoenix as well and uh, couldn't be more happy with it. You run a lot of tidal waters and big water and things like that. And, and uh, boy, it's nice to have that platform underneath you. I mean, I, I, to me, it's the best fishing platform that's out there. Oh my goodness. There's, 
like I, when I step in that Phoenix, I know I'm, I'm stepping in a boat that no one else can really ride with. You know, when you get in that big water, I spent a close to a month up north of the Champlain, Ontario, all those lakes. And, you know, that's the biggest water in the world. And I get out there and, you know, people always there every single night, they're at their campers t- putting screws back in, backing out screws you have to fix. And, you know, I get to go to bed while everybody's fixing the boat. So <laughs> having a having a boat that doesn't fall apart and handles that rough water, soft ride, everything about it is just built for to perfection. Yeah. You it, never have switches go out. Everything, nothing shorts out on that boat. It handles rough water. The gas mileage, the speed, everything. It's just you can't compete with it when you got another boat behind you. So having them around me as well is just phenomenal, and I don't think there's anyone better. So it's it's proud the, to be with those guys. It's the preferred boat of the cameraman and marshals. I mean, that's all you need exactly. to know like is I, it's the boat the cameraman and marshal wants to be in. They're like so happy when they see that it is a phoenix. Yeah, uh, yeah that's that's good stuff. All right, well, yeah, could, my my cameraman was super happy to be in Phoenix. He even told me it's probably his favorite boat to be in, and there's no reason why. There's no doubt to the reason why. It's just because it is the best. And that's the that's the final thing to it. So, congratulations on the win. Look forward to seeing you in Knoxville. Look forward to seeing you. I will see you um, at Harwell for the finale of the Southern Series of the of the Bassmaster Opens. I'll be fishing that one as well. So we'll see you there. And good luck the rest of the way. Awesome. Thank you, sir. I appreciate this opportunity. All right. Thank you. There you go, JT Tomkins. He's 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 got it all down. I mean, he catches fish, too, and he's got it all down. 20 years old. That kid's going to be on the Elite Series sooner than later. All right, we'll get a break in here. We'll come back with more right after this. This is Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network. Welcome back to Bassmaster Radio, presented by Phoenix Boats. Now, here's your host, Tom Abraham. And welcome back to Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. And now every year around this time of year, I get the chance to talk to Jeff Kolazinski. And, and he's a fascinating guy. He's a brand manager for Hummingbird Minkota, but he also is the marathon man. I mean, this is the guy that sits on the end of the dock and does what we all wish that we can do, catch fish after fish after fish until his hands bleed. And he, and he does it for a wonderful cause uh, as well. And he has set the Guinness World uh, record uh, time after time and did it again this year over uh, – the 9-11 weekend, and he joins us now. Colo, welcome back to the show, man. How are you? I'm recovering, and I'm honored to be back, Tom. Thank you. How are the hands feeling right now? Because I would imagine that, uh, you know, they take quite a beating. It's not like you got somebody else baiting a hook for you, right? No, it is a one-man show. So when we talk about all these thousands of fish caught in 24 hours, I put the bait on, I present the bait to the fish, hook them, land them, take them off, rinse and repeat thousands of times. And yes, I do. I wear a great glove. Lindy has a great fishing handling glove. Um, but I have to cut the fingers off of that. So I can tie knots and do do those things in such at such speed. But that means that my finger pads or parts of my hands are exposed and I am a human pincushion. So uh if I could have a hand transplant when this is done each year, wow. it would be great. But otherwise, you know, I was looking at one of the finger pads, just the end of your finger. There were 18 fin pricks on that one finger wow. and up those. So it's a labor of love. It's for a good reason. And I'm happy to do it, though. Tell us about the cause, you know, who you are raising the money for and, and what kind of money you've yeah. raised over the years. So um, uh, the reason why I do this is it's a charity event. I've never served in our military, but I love the people that do. And I want to be able to stand by them in their time of need. There's a lot of people that go off to active duty and a mom or dad may go. And the rest of the family is back at home in Fort Living Room. And uh, some 
sometimes that's hard for the parent or spouse, the husband, the wife that's there, or guardian. And uh, the folks at Fishing for Life, a uh, nonprofit organization, really support our military families. Um, they have a program called the Next Gen Program, where they find mentors for families who, who need some help while someone's deployed, or, heaven forbid, if somebody doesn't come back from deployment. So they find mentors, they have a whole regimented program, great background checks, and they take these uh, kids and families fishing once a month and pour into them in ways that are really meaningful for those families. So it's important for me to help them out to have a fundraising effort, and that's why I sit on the bank for 24 hours straight to catch as many fish as I can uh, and raise money for them and hopefully break uh, a world record to do so. And the world record that you set this time around 3,773 fish. Now I did the math. Actually, my wife did the math. Uh, and, and it, and it's more than two fish per minute around the clock for 24 hours. You need to take somewhat of a break though. I would imagine there's a bathroom break in there. Or you get to take a water break. Uh, so it's maybe even more <laughs> impressive than that. But how, what is the method to the madness? When do you stop or do you take any kind of breaks during this 24 hour window? <laughs> That is so funny. Since we're old friends, uh, even those on the air, we can talk about this. Um, you know, I do take, uh, you know, four or five bathroom breaks, but yeah. it's walk over, take a break, come back, uh, wash your hands before returning to work, of course, and then I'm back, you know, fishing again. In terms of food, I just ate a couple of sort of power bars and down some liquids, um, but there's really no breaks. Really? And so I was looking back at this year and I thought, well, how would I be more efficient? Uh, really not much. Uh, there might be 35 minutes, you know, of, of, of either re-rigging or a little bathroom break. But, um, you know, I have enough to, uh, food stored, I guess, to get through the day. Uh, but that's it. It is all focused on fishing. And 600 more fish this time than last time. That's 20% or so. Um, I don't know where this can end. Now, obviously, you got to be in a place where there's a, a, a ton of fish. We're catching panfish here. Um, but you say sure. you're by yourself. It's not like you have two or three rigs that are rigged and, and you use one and then you hand it to the guy and you grab another rig and you keep going. You're going to, you're doing your own retying and, and baiting if you're even using bait um, along the yeah. ways, but I don't know how you can get any faster. I mean, what, what are you going to, how do you do 3,900 next year? You know, we are at, we, I've been operating, thank God, by grace of God in the stratosphere. And now I think I'm in outer space with the numbers. <laughs> I would say something about that 4,000 mark is pretty close to the top. Um, and what happens is, you know, I, I'll start off really, really fast and lots of fish, four or five a minute or whatever. And you look at that on the bank through the crowd that's on the bank watching and they think, oh gosh, this is in the bag. But I know enough to know that after a while, the fish understand what's going on. There's a bunch of commotion. There's a lot of people on the bank watching and it, 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 it uh, mellows the fish out. They're not as aggressive throughout the, the whole day as they were when I started. So the catch rates can uh, decline a little bit. You know, I think, Tom, I think um, the size of the fish, the Giant Goose Ranch are, is an incredible place. Uh, we held this in Canton, Illinois, and they're um, amazing people at making fisheries. Even if you live in Texas and you want a lake or a pond, um, you know, Herman Brothers Lake and Land Management, that's the people to call. Um, they did a great job making a lake that could sustain this. Um, I think if the, if the nights were a little warmer, uh, I noticed the mm. fish get a little cool. They sunk down in the morning. You're a little lethargic. They didn't wake up till about 930, literally. Uh, and then, the, you know, they started to go again. So maybe a little warmer weather, but at that, there's so many variables that go into fishing. We're, we're at the top of the uh, perfection here.
Yeah, uh, Jeff Kolosinski with us here, the Marathon Man, also uh, brand manager for Hummingbird Minkota as well. So I suppose that, that this is this is pretty primitive here. You're not using spot lock, target lock, uh, you know, any of the 360. You're not using really any of the Minkota wonderful tools that we have out on the water because you're not exactly offshore, right? You're about as close to shore as you can get. I have my high net over shore. It's on the dock. You know, I do this. You know, so my day job, yes, I'm really blessed to do what I get to do to work for Hummingbird and Code, and I serve to create the content that serve, supports those brands uh, and for, for a number of years now. But I do this event uh, on very basic tackle. It's basically a 10-foot pole, uh, a Wally Marshall, um, uh, uh, Mr. Crappie pole, 10 feet of fluorocarbon, um, a hook, line, a float, and live bait, and that's it. And the whole kit, Tom, uh, is under 25 bucks. So the point there is, if you like fishing, if you want to get started in fishing, for under $25, you can go sit on a dock or fish from a shore just like this ding-dong is and catch a pile of fish. And then at some point, if when you really love the sport of fishing, you'll buy your own boat. And at that point, I hope that you would uh, put a mint card or hummingbird on there. Yeah. Uh, but this is really aimed at the people to start off. Yeah. Yeah. You could be like me. You could be bird head to toe from uh, from talons at the back end to all treks and, and uh, hummingbird, uh, of course, uh, electronics on the boat as well. And l- let's uh, segue into that. You're well-dressed. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> we started out uh, earlier this year. Mega Live came out and there was a lot of excitement about that. It was, uh, you know, really the state of the art in terms of uh, that live forward facing sonar. But then all of a sudden here in the last uh, couple of months or last month or so, we started hearing about target lock and it was like, whoa, this makes so much sense because in the past you always had to kind of point your trolling motor at whatever it is that you were looking at on live sonar. And now there's target lock with its own shaft. Explain the technology behind this thing because this is fascinating. Sure. You know, uh, uh, forward-facing sonar is a thing, and it is a difference maker. Um, can you catch fish without it? Absolutely. We've done for generations. Can you f- catch fish better with it? Yes, absolutely. Um, so if you choose to upgrade your kit and uh, your all your gear and go with the live sonar, um, we, we looked at the live sonar, and it was traditionally mounted either on a stick where you'd steer it, but you didn't bother your hands of fish, and that's not a really good implementation. And we looked at putting it on a trolling motor shaft, as many other manufacturers have done. Uh, that's good, uh, and it gets you in the right direction, uh, but it's a limited direction. So the only place that you can see your live sonar is where your trolling motor head is placed. So when you press the wonderful spot lock button and your boat automatically adjusts, or your motor adjusts position, um, that meant that your beam also turned with your whole trolling motor head. Uh, it's not efficient to see the fish. So this one turns that beam independently of your motor, stays exactly in the direction that you want on the school of fish, on the individual fish, or on the structure, while your boat is able to make the adjustments to keep you in place automatically using spot lock. So it is a big difference maker, and it's, uh, it's been well-received. Yeah, no, I imagine it has been. I've been uh, talking to a number of the Hummingbird pros and Minkota pros, and they've talked about this technology and how good it is. So it must be a little bit longer than the motor then? I mean, so so that the motor isn't in the way of the beam? I would think it sticks down a little lower than the motor. Does that make sense, or am I wrong on that? Uh, you're neither wrong, uh, but it is different. So it's off to the side of your motor. So yeah, the motor head doesn't really get in the way, which is nice. So uh, when it sets up on your bow, you put it slightly off center, uh, the mount comes on it, and then you just put it off to the side. And that way you can see even 
uh, all about your trolling motors in the water. Yeah. Okay. That makes a, a ton of sense. And of course, using it in conjunction, not only with the forward facing sonar, but uh, 360 is, is got to be something that makes a lot of sense. And 360 still absolutely is a necessity, I would think, for, for top anglers and has an incredible uh, use being able to see that and, and set it on, you know, whether you set it on 360 or 180 or 140 or whatever, so that you're scanning in mm-hmm. front of you. Um, I mean, that's still a great, great benefit. It is. And that's, you know, if, when you start with like a Lake Master map that's very detailed and you can find fish with mega side imaging and down imaging and all the sonar suite, the next thing that you want to really upgrade to is a mega 360 because that shows you all of the structure around the boat, 360 degrees all at one time. So you can find that miscellaneous boulder where people don't know it's at. People always fish the main structure. The art here is to find that one limb of down timber that's off to the side, yeah. a rock that's off to the side, inside channel swing that nobody knows about and that shows up brilliantly on 360 and the beauty there Tom is when you see on your screen that there's a log at the let's say the one o'clock position you know to cast your bait right at one o'clock at at the desired distance and it shows up in scale that you can fish things from a long way away and the fish never know you're there with 360. Outstanding. All right. Uh, Go to MarathonManFishing.com to learn more about Jeff Kolosinski and his effort to raise money for the military through uh, this this, this fishing marathon deal that he does. And you can always donate throughout the year. You don't have to do it just at the time that he does it. You can donate any time of the year there. Colo, I appreciate you so much. It's always great to chat and uh, we'll look forward to doing it again. Thanks so much, Tom. So honored to be here. I appreciate you. Thanks. Thank you, Jeff Kolosinski. All right, we get a break. And when we come back, he was second in the Angler of the Year standings this year. He is Brandon Lester. We'll talk about his great year next right here on Phoenix Boats, Bassmaster Radio. Welcome back to Bassmaster Radio, presented by Phoenix Boats. Now, here's your host, Tom Abraham. Hey, welcome back. Phoenix Post Bass, Master Radio. And speaking of Phoenix Post, let's talk to a Phoenix pro. He was right there. He was right there. He had a wonderful, wonderful season. Uh, Brandon Lester ending up second in the AOI standings. And uh, he came on strong at the end of this deal. And uh, he put the, he put a little bit of the fear of God into Brandon Polinick. That's for sure. He ended up uh, second by about 15 points or so. And he joins us now. Brandon, welcome back to the show. How are you, man? Doing good, Tom. How you doing, buddy? I am fantastic. You had you had old boy Brandon Polinick looking over your shoulder a little bit there. Your 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 Midway USA uh, you know uh, teammate there. He he was he, he knew you were coming. Yeah, yeah, we definitely made him sweat a little bit. Anyway, you know it's funny. We were talking backstage after day three. We they they kept us until the end uh, to kind of build a little suspense there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, and I pretty much knew we both knew that he had pretty much wrapped it up. up. He did his job, but he told me he said, "Man, you felt like a Sasquatch sitting on my shoulders the last two weeks." I said, "That's good because that's exactly yeah. <laughs> that's exactly how I wanted you to feel." You know, I mean, I didn't want to hand it to him. I wanted to do my job, and if he left the door open. Um, I wanted to be there knocking, but we did all we could, and, and hats off to him. He's a heck of a competitor. Well, he, you know, he almost really left the door open. I mean, he makes that late catch on day two. We talked to him about that a couple of weeks ago. He makes that late catch on day two. Otherwise, you freight train him. I mean, it was just it was that close. Now, so he can look at that and say, that's the key that ended up putting me into the cut and, and getting me to day three and ultimately where he could close the deal out. On the other hand, you look at your year, and, and it was 
was so steady. I mean, you didn't have a bomb tournament, but yeah, Lake Fork was your worst tournament, forty uh, second place there. But can you go back and look and say, man, I remember that one that got off, or that day where I miscalculated, or I would I would be the AOI champ. There is one fish that really sticks out in my mind. I try not to look at it that way because there's there's two ways of looking at it. You can think about all the fish you lost, but I also caught a lot of fish throughout the year that that led up to that great season. But there was one fish going back to the very first term of the year at the St. John's River on the third day. I actually had to throw back a, a fish that I was fishing for on a bed, and it was a nine-pounder. I weighed the fish. It was nine nine and a quarter pounds. Wow. And if I got if I got to keep that fish, you know, by bass rules, the fish has to be hooked inside the mouth. And the fish was hooked inside the mouth, but the fish had sucked my bait in through its gills. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. It'll probably never happen again. But because the fish didn't suck the, the bait through its mouth and suck the bait up through its gills, I had to release the fish by bass rules. I'm not, you know, I, I, I totally agree with that decision. I called Lisa about it. I asked her about it. Uh, she told me I had to release the fish, and that's fine. Um, but if I got to keep that fish, I would have made the top ten, and I would have been the AOI champ. But like I said, you know, it, it is what it is. It, it was a great season, and uh, hey, second in AOI is something to be proud of. I'm certainly proud of it. Well, you've been very consistent throughout your career and moving up the list uh, on this deal, and that's a good way to look at it because a lot of guys just look at that one that got away or the one tournament that they that they miscalculated or whatever, and 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 don't look at the fact that look at all the great things that happened to you throughout the uh, the season. The fact that you were able to be this steady, the fact that you made every single cut. I mean, there's the, you got to look at it that way as well, right? And say that, that you know this is a pretty magical season. Seven hundred and seven points wins a lot of AOIs, and it's going to you know you hit that seven hundred point mark, uh, mark, and you're going to be in this thing all the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can think back over the year and think of so many fish that I caught. Lake Fork comes to mind. Uh, the second day, you know, that was my my worst finish of the year. Uh, and the second day, I knew I, at the end of the day, I needed about a four or five pound bite to make it into the cut because that's a catchway release, the only one we do all year because of the slot limit on Lake Fork. And literally on my last cast that day, I caught a 415 on a boat dock and that put that fish put me into the cut. You know, so it, it's moments like that. And that's, that's not the only one that happened that way this year. It's moments like that that lead up to those amazing years like that where things just fall in place. And I mentioned Midway USA. I mean, it came on board with you as a, as a title sponsor and uh, there were Pelinic as well. And, and it, really you gotta, you gotta admit for those guys, I mean, what a fortunate deal for them. They grabbed the guys that end up finishing one, two in uh, angular of the year. And I would imagine they were pretty excited. I, you know, they didn't care probably one, one way or the other, but they were pretty excited to have their two guys wearing their colors, you know, be at the top of the list. Yeah, absolutely. They were very excited. You know, Midway USA's made a big push in the in the fishing world, and anybody who knows anything about hunting, shooting supplies, anything like that, they're familiar with Midway USA, have been for years. And those guys have made a big push and are, are going to continue to make a big push in the in the fishing side of things. Um, so, yeah, they were super excited, and, and we're, you know, Brandon and I are both super excited to be working with those guys, you know, this year and, and going forward as well because they're a great company. Um, you know, based right there in the Ozarks and, uh, you know, just a great, 
bunch of like-minded people. Yeah, no doubt about it. Brandon Lester with us talking about his fantastic year that he had on the Elite Series. Oh, by the way, he's in second place in the – well, actually, he's tied for first in the Angler of the Year standings in the Southern Division of the Opens. And, you know, you might say there's really nothing left for you to fish for. In the Opens, you qualified for everything you could possibly qualify for. But Lake Hartwell will wrap up the Southern Opens. You've had uh, two great tournaments on the Southern Trail this year. Of course, you had that win to start the season out uh, down at uh, Kissimmee and uh, you know why not go to Hartwell and uh, and do some damage and it's always good to go to Hartwell they're great sponsors of mine as well and and it's always good to go over there and fish that body of water yeah absolutely Neil Paul and his crew they do a great job over there uh, at Lake Hartwell I always love going over there it can be a little tough in the fall mm-hmm. you know but um, I, I did see a bit uh, I think it was a BFL they had over here over there this past weekend and they had some good weights weighed in so um, definitely looking forward to getting over there. It should be fun. It should be a lot of fish. Uh, you know, a lot of times it's just like anywhere else in the southeast in the fall, a 14-pound bag is a dang good bag. But uh, definitely looking forward to going over there, man. I, I just I enjoy fishing those opens. They're a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of good guys fishing those opens, and uh, it, it's just a good time. Yeah, they are tremendous fishermen in that deal. And, uh, and of course, our title sponsor is Phoenix Boats. You're well known as a Phoenix pro. You're only about a half an hour from the plant. I'm only a minute and a half from the plant, but I know you're about a half an hour from the, uh, from the plant. And uh, another great deal, uh, another great year for Phoenix Boats. And it was funny. Somebody said to me that the, the, the thing that, uh, is most telling about Phoenix is that is the preferred boat for marshals and cameramen. And I got, that goes a long way. So when a marshal or a cameraman knows that they're getting in a boat with a guy that's a, a Phoenix pro, they're pretty happy. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the truth. You go ask any Bassmaster cameraman, and he will tell you his favorite boat to ride in is a Phoenix boat. I've been with him my whole career. I, I, I guess you and I are a little biased, Tom. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, when, when those cameramen and, and marshals start telling you that, they're unbiased. Uh, and and that says a lot, but you know, me and uh, Gary Klaus were talking about it at Lake Oahe that that second day. It was pretty darn rough out there, man. And and Gary kind of made the comment to me, he's like, "Man, my back hurts." And I said, "Well, at least we're in a good boat. I guarantee our back don't hurt as as much yeah. as some of these guys do." Yeah. <laughs> well, and part of the thing is too, and is the fact that yeah, you you know, you get rough water like that, and the boat handles rough water, but you also don't have to break out the toolkit and tighten up all the screws afterwards either. I mean, I think that's a big part of it it's it the boat doesn't fall apart when it gets into that heavy water heavy water is heavy water i don't care what you're in heavy water ends up being heavy water but when you're done running you know you don't have to rebuild the boat you're right you're right I, exactly right i agree 100 percent. you know I, and i've been on some rough days in nine years of doing this on the elite series uh you know i've been st Clair, pretty much all the great lakes and i can honestly say i have not tore up my boat to the point where I had to go to the service yard or, or anything like that uh, in rough in a rough water situation. I mean, that just speaks volumes to, you know, the craftsmanship. And, and the thing that I think that really sets Phoenix apart, they're built by fishermen. I mean, Gary mm-hmm. Klaus, you know, the, the guy at the top of the ladder is out there on the Elysee. He's competing. He knows bass boats. He knows what we need. 
Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, Brandon Lester with us here. All right, let's do a little technique of the week with the guy who finished second in the AOI. He's got to win any elites and a win any opens this past year. You, you, you mentioned how tough it can be in the fall in the southeast. We saw it a couple of years ago during the COVID year, and you guys had to fish, um, you know, basically the, the almost the entire schedule in the fall, especially the Tennessee River fisheries and so on. And we saw with the best fishermen on the planet how difficult it can be this time of year. So if somebody He's heading out. We're not quite into the cool water yet. Uh, the nights are getting longer. The nights are getting cooler. What are some of the tips that you would give folks to have a chance to get out there and have a decent fall morning? Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with getting out there in the morning. I, I tend to have uh, you know some of my best times that first two or three hours of daylight uh, late into, into September like this. I feel like a lot of those fish are still feeding at night a lot, and you can kind of take advantage of that what's left over from that nighttime feed those first couple hours in the morning. And what I like to do, I like to cover a lot of water. Choose a bait that you can cover a lot of water with. I throw a lot of topwater baits this time of year, something like a buzz bait or a whopper plopper. Put that trolling motor on high and just go, you know. And when you start getting in an area like a creek arm where you're getting some bites, then start kind of spending your time in that area and pay attention to what you're getting bikes on. You can run a pattern this time of year. You just kind of have to find what that pattern is, whether it be lay down trees, docks, whatever it might be. Now, everybody knows when you're throwing a frog that you're going to throw it uh, generally on braid. You're throwing it in grass. You want to be able to hoist them fish out of there as well. But there is debate with a whopper plopper and with a buzz bait. To be honest with you, there is debate. Some people say mono. Other people say braid, and they throw buzz baits on braid. What is your preference, and why uh, do you prefer one or the other? Uh, for me, I've gone to pretty much all braid, to be honest. Now, on a whopper plopper, it's always braid, just mm-hmm. because that thing is so heavy. Uh, I, I throw heavy hooks on it. I change them out. I put on, on the big 130 size, I put size one-off, must-add round bend trebles on there. So it's always braid on a whopper plopper and a 7.3 must-add instinct elite rod uh, that we've got coming out. And then on a buzz bait, I've gone to braid as well. Uh, Most of the time, I'm going to do 30-pound or 40-pound braid on both of these techniques. 30 or 40 will work. 30 will cast just a little bit further, uh, but 40 works fine, too. On a buzz bait, I like to use a little bit softer rod because it's a lighter bait, and it lets that and let that fish suck that bait in. It's very important on a buzz bait to let that fish suck that bait in. If you use uh, a heavy action rod with braid, um, you're, you're going to miss some fish on a buzz bait. So when you're using that braid on a buzz bait, go down to like a medium action rod. Um, I've got a seven foot medium heavy that works really good, must have in stick line. Um, but yeah, just keep that in consideration. And you'll do just fine with braid. Yeah, there you go. Good stuff. And and mostly a frog. Do you pull your skirts off your buzz baits? What, what, what do you like to do as far as buoyancy goes? I pretty much always pull the skirt off of my buzz bait nowadays and, and thread some form of a toad up on there. Usually a, a horny toad, you know. Sometimes I'll put a swim bait on there if I think the fish are just really keyed in on bait. But I have I have just noticed, you know, for, for years, way back in the day, I can remember when I was first starting to fish buzz baits, you get those fish that come up and just flush the heck out of that buzz bait, but they don't ever touch it. Right. And I, I've noticed since I start putting a plastic on my buzz bait, I don't get those as vicious of blow-ups, but I hook up a lot more regularly. It's like those fish really key in on the, the texture of that rubber, and it gives them 
some substance when they come up there and actually eat the bait and they eat the bait so much better with plastic on it yeah no doubt it's also a little harder for them to yeah. push it away i think the weight of it is is is, is right there for them uh, as well great stuff from brandon lester brandon congratulations on a great great season if i don't see you around our lakes and this is the neck of the woods i will see you at hartwell in a month Sounds good, Tom. Thanks for having me on again, buddy. All right, man. Thank you. That's Brandon Luster. And uh, next is AOI and a Bassmaster Classic Championship, and it will happen for him. No doubt about it. He's still a young guy. Been on the tour a long time. He's a young guy. All right. We will get a final break in here and come back and wrap it up next. This is Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network. Welcome back to Bassmaster Radio, presented by Phoenix Boats. Now, here's your host, Tom Abraham. Final segment of Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. And before we tie this one off to the dock, let's take a look at some news and notes from around the pond. Eight of the country's best college anglers will launch on Lake Greenwood from Greenwood, South Carolina, September 30th through October 3rd during the Bassmaster College Classic Bracket presented by Lose, fishing for a berth in the 2023 Academy Sports and Outdoors Bassmaster Classic. The 2022 Bassmaster College Team of the Year, UNC Charlotte's Louis Minetti and Michael Fogaro, automatically punch their ticket to the College Classic bracket to compete alongside the top three teams from the Striking College Series National Championship presented by Bass Pro Shops in this individual elimination style tournament. Joining Minetti and Figaro will be national champions Andrew Vereen and Connor Cartmel from Coastal Carolina, Jackson Swisher and Seth Slanker from Florida Gateway College, and Tyler Christie and Trey Schroeder from McKendry University in Illinois. Christie also qualified for the 2019 Classic Bracket, won by then Bethel University student Cody Huff, who just finished a solid rookie season on the Bassmaster Elite Series. Now, Bassmaster Radio has a new home at thenewbassmaster.com. You'll now find us under the Nation tab, which seems quite fitting. Of course, you can always go to bassmaster.com forward slash radio to find the show as well and on the Sports Map Radio Network and select other great stations around the country. And check out Pro Fishing.shop for our exclusive lifestyle line, hashtag fish on, to proclaim your love of fishing. And take a look at the legendary lake series as well to see if your favorite lake is featured. You can even buy Bassmaster Radio Gear and check out the new line of coffee mugs. That's profishing.shop. Let's take a look now at the upcoming schedule. It's Opens Galore at the Central Open on September 22nd through the 24th is at the Red River out of Shreveport, Bossier, Louisiana. We'll have complete coverage of that. And then the Central Opens will wrap up October 20th through the 22nd at Sam Rayburn Reservoir in Jasper, Texas. The Southern Division wraps up October 6th through the 8th at beautiful Lake Hartwell in Anderson, South Carolina. I am looking forward to fishing that one in the co-boater category now remember if you missed any of this week's show it's always just a click away at bassmaster.com forward slash radio or just hit that nation button and click on bassmaster radio so until next time keep those lines tight and nets heavy i'm tom abraham and this has been phoenix boats bassmaster radio on the bassmaster radio network